Hey there, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, TimberlakeUMC.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Pastor Matt. All right, friends, this is the time in the service when we open the Bible and listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Sometimes we call it the sermon or the message. This is a time to interpret God's Word for God's people. So let me invite you, if you have your Bible, open it to Genesis 17. We're going to read just one verse, one little really important verse, Genesis 17, verse 7. And you can also follow along on the screen as I read. God said, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. May God add his blessing to the reading and the understanding and the doing of his holy word. There was an older couple. They went to McDonald's one evening, and the man went up to the counter, and he placed an order for one hamburger and one order of fries and one Coke. Then he and his wife sat down at the table, and the man unwrapped the burger, and carefully he cut it in half, like right down the middle. And he took half, and he put it in front of his wife, and he put half of it in front of himself. Then he took the fries and separated them into equal amounts, half for his wife, again, and half for himself. Then he took a sip of the Coke, and he gave his wife a sip of the Coke. Then he began to eat his hamburger one little bite at a time. Well, across the dining room, there was this younger couple, a guy and his girlfriend. And he said to his girlfriend, I cannot believe this poor old couple. They can't even afford two hamburgers. So I, I got to do something. So he goes over and he offers to the couple. He says, excuse me, couldn't help but notice you've only got one burger. Can I please buy you some more food to eat? And the old man says, young man, that's okay. No, thank you. Uh, we're doing all right. You see, we share everything. So the young man's kind of discouraged. He goes back to his table, and uh, the older man continues to eat his food, little bite after little bite. And the young man notices the woman still has not touched her food at all, not even a single bite of hamburger or a single french fry that she's eaten. And so the young man, he comes back again, and uh, he says, I'm so sorry to do this. I I just feel terrible. Could I please buy you something else to eat? And the woman this time, she speaks up, and she says, young man, that's very sweet of you, but we're just fine. We don't need anything else. We share everything. So he sits back down and uh, watches as now finally the man finishes his food, the fries and the burger, but still the woman hasn't even touched hers. And so the guy, young man, he's just getting all bent out of shape, you know? And so he goes over a third time and he says, I'm so sorry, but I have to ask, ma'am, what are you waiting for? And she says, the teeth. (laughs) It is gross. Someone told me that was too gross to tell in church, but I said, no. We're going to do this joke. All right, friends, welcome to week three of our Sunday theme. It's called For All Generations. Two Sundays ago, our children's ministry director, who you met this morning, Aaron Colbert, she gave a great sermon about spiritual mentoring, and some of you heard that. Wasn't that a good sermon? It was awesome. And last Sunday, Pastor Matt gave a very good sermon about the power of Christ to help us face the trials that we face in this life and how we need to raise up a generation of young people who are empowered to face this world with faith. And today, 
today I want to celebrate with you our senior adults. I want to celebrate with you what it means to be a multi-generational church, to have older people and younger people and everybody in between. So this is our foundational text for today. Genesis 17, 7, God said this, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Brothers and sisters, I want you to have confidence in this, that our God is a God who keeps his covenant. Our God is a God who keeps his promises. I want you to think about what an extraordinary thing it is that God is not only God for you, but also for your children and for your grandchildren, for a generation of people who hasn't even been born yet. God has promised to deliver them from slavery to sin and death and for Jesus Christ to be their Savior. And that just, it's such a a wild idea. It makes my head explode when I think about the idea that God is a God for all generations, that God is timeless, that even though you and I live on this earth a reasonably, relatively short time, God is forever. God is forever, and God is so much bigger than us, and God cares for us generation after generation after generation. So we're going to celebrate that this morning, and I want to acknowledge, as we do, that when the preacher gets kind of specific in the message, it's a double-edged sword. Because if you're sitting there thinking, yes, that's a great topic, that really hits home for me, then you're going to lean in, and you're going to say, this is good. But if the preacher gives a sermon on a topic that maybe doesn't really resonate with you, or maybe it's not something you're interested in, you might be tempted to check out and kind of lean out and lean away. So when we say, hey, we're talking about senior adults, some of you might say, well, I'm not a senior adult. Thank you very much. I'm much younger than that. And you might be tempted to kind of lean away. So I'm going to ask you, please don't lean out, okay? Lean in. Lean in, no matter how old you are, right? So if we preached on addiction... You wouldn't say, well, I've never been addicted, so I can't learn anything, right? Or if we preached about kids, you might not say, well, I don't have any kids, or I don't have any kids at home, so this doesn't apply to me. So I want to challenge you to lean in. I want to challenge you to embrace the teaching of Jesus who said, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. I believe at the heart of this teaching is what we would call selflessness. Selflessness. Everybody say selflessness. Selflessness. Here's the definition I want us to use for this today. Selflessness means caring about people and things even when they don't affect you directly. Caring about people and things even when they don't affect you directly. So here's an example. Would you participate in Relay for Life and raise money for cancer research even if you've never had cancer? Raise your hand if you would do that. Okay, that's a, a practice of selflessness, isn't it? Some of you have already done that. Uh, would you um, come alongside your friend and cry with him or her, even if you weren't sad, but because they were sad. How many of you would do that? That's called selflessness, right? Okay, so that's what I'm talking about today. And when the preacher starts talking about senior adults and aging, and even if you feel very, very young, I'm asking you to lean in and to practice selflessness and say, okay, let me for a moment care about people and things that may not affect me directly. This is selflessness. This is the call of Christ. So uh, I also want to suggest to you, friends, that it's my conviction that this is why so many of our ministries at Timberlake are so strong, because everybody cares about the whole of the mission. And so people who don't have kids contribute to the children's ministry, right? And people who don't have students contribute to the student ministry. And people who are not going without food contribute to the feeding ministry, Right? So here's the thing. Um, Let's talk about the children's ministry for a moment. Everybody loves their own kids, right? 
You don't get any special credit for that. Everybody, you just, like, that's the way God made you. You love your kids. I love my kids. That's good. It's a good thing. But you don't get any bonus for that. Here's what's special about a church like Timberlake. We love other people's kids. Some of you love other, yes, you do. Don't shrug. (laughs) Some of you love other people's kids as much as you love your own kids in the Lord. And you say, wow, Jesus has brought us hundreds of children that we might bless them and raise them as disciples of Christ. That is what makes ministry strong around here. It's not that we all are in every life situation. It's that we practice selflessness and we give our hearts concern to things that may or may not be part of our current life situation. So, Um, We are talking about senior adults today, and I want to name what a blessing it is to be a church that has people of all ages. Because you may have been to other churches where there's really just kind of one age of person, only older folks or only younger folks. Friends, I'm telling you, there is a poverty about that kind of community when everybody is the same age, right? If I'm in a group and everybody looks like me and acts like me, I'm missing something. There is a diversity about the kingdom of God that is a blessing to all of us, and we need each other in that diversity, And so if you're not a senior adult yet, um, I hope you will be one day, right? And some of us complain about getting older, but it beats the alternative, friends. It really does. And um, I wonder if you knew that around age 45, a a man's eyesight starts to go, and um, he, he needs reading glasses, or he has to buy large print books. And I, I don't, I can't tell you how I know that, but I just want you to trust me. Um, his body changes, uh, the hair on his head stops growing, and it begins to grow. I know, I know, that's how I feel too with aging. It's just, oh, it's rough. The hair on his head stops growing, and it starts growing with great enthusiasm from other parts of his body, right? Like his ears. And his wife is mortified. And she goes out to the store and she buys for him an ear hair trimmer. And she gives it to him as a gift, as if it's not an insult. And she says, I love you and you must use this if you are to be seen in public with me. Friends, getting older is not for wimps. Getting older is not for wimps. We take aging seriously. I'm so proud of our seniors. So proud of all the senior adults who serve and function at every level of our leadership and in all the ministries of this church. Our senior adults, they serve the children and they lead and worship and they lead life groups and they feed the hungry and they create music and they count the offering and they visit the sick. And senior adults serve on our church council, which is our leadership group for this church. And they help us listen to the Spirit of God in the way that Jesus is calling us to go in mission to the world. So let's take a moment, let's open the Bible and see what it says about ministry with aging and about what it means to be a senior adult. So if you have your Bible, you can follow along, you can follow along on the screen as I read. So we're going to start in Proverbs. Proverbs is a great book of the Bible that's full of wise sayings, and this one I pulled out for today, I thought it was more than appropriate. Proverbs 16:31 says this, gray hair is a crown of glory. Did you know that? Whoop, yeah, can I get a whoop, whoop? Yeah, some of you, some of you have beautiful crowns of glory on your head. It says it is gained in a righteous life. Friends, gray hair is a crown of glory. So I I take from this, getting older is not to be loathed, friends. Getting older is not to be feared, it's to be celebrated, right? It's to be celebrated that we have that gray hair, that we are getting up there in years. Think about it like this. 
Every day you live, you are one day closer to spending eternal life with God and all the saints in heaven. Every day you live, you are one day closer to that glory with God in heaven forever and ever. So gray hair is a crown of glory. And as a result, we should honor our seniors, right? We should honor our seniors. So this is what Leviticus 19.32 says. Stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. How many of you, when you were young, you were taught that you should respect your elders and do things like stand up in their presence? Some of you learned that? Yeah, I learned that. I'll never forget uh, spending time on my grandparents' farm, and my brother and I would play with tractors on the floor, and we were little kids, and my grandparents, Mama and Papa, would invite their friends over to the house for, you know, for a visit. That's what you do when you're on the farm. You drink sweet tea and you visit. And so they would come, and when they walked in the room, you know, we would stand up, and we would shake their hand and look them in the eye and introduce ourselves, and that's kind of what Mom and Dad said we should do, so that's what we did. And I remember my mamma sort of standing off to the side watching, right? She's like this. She's clutching her breast, and she's like, oh, my grandson, he's so polite. And her friends would tell her, oh, your grandson is so polite. And she would brag about us. Isn't that what grandparents did? You brag about your grandkids. But I mean, to me, that was just the, the normal thing you did is kind of the rural, uh, rural community custom. It's kind of a Southern custom. But I want you to notice, friends, it's not just Southern custom. It's also the law of the Lord to honor our seniors, to bless those who are older than us. And, and manners aren't everything. Don't get me wrong, okay? Being polite is not the gospel. But being polite is a way to share the gospel. Courtesy goes a long way. And when you just show some, some kindness, uh, that is a way to share the love of Christ with other people. And I know sometimes we think to ourselves, yes, yes, but this person doesn't deserve my respect. You know, but this person has not lived in an honorable way. I'm not sure I can honor them. What I want you to notice, friends, in God's economy, that doesn't matter. Okay? We're not honoring people because they are honorable. We're honoring people because they are made in the image of God. We're honoring people because God has said, this is how you will treat other people, particularly those who are older than you. Treat them with kindness and with respect and with dignity. So the Bible calls us to honor the seniors in our lives. Second, second thing that the Bible teaches about aging and maturity is this. Aging and maturity are not the same thing. Older does not necessarily mean wiser. Okay, so think about this with me. We're going to go to the book of Job. Job had a friend named Elihu who came along and tried to counsel him and encourage him. And this is what Elihu said. I thought age should speak. Advanced years should teach wisdom. But it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. Okay, so I don't know if you know the story of Job. He suffered a lot. He had uh, sores on his body, and his servants died, and children died. Terrible, terrible things happened. His friends came around to console him, to encourage him, and to try to make sense of what was happening. And one of his friends, Elihu, said, look, I figured older means wiser. Elihu said, I was the younger one in the room, so I just wasn't going to say anything because I figured the older people were the ones who really understood this. But what I realized is older does not necessarily mean wiser. It's not age that makes wisdom. It's the spirit that makes wisdom. It's the breath of the Almighty in us that gives us spiritual understanding and spiritual maturity. Now, here's what we know, friends. Getting older gives us the capacity for wisdom, right? 
Rarely do you find an exceptionally, exceedingly spiritually mature young person. They just haven't had enough time to develop spiritual maturity. But getting older does not necessarily mean that we get wiser, only that we have the opportunity to become wiser. Now, social scientists have proven this over and over again. People who study human behavior, they will tell us that humans do not learn from their experiences. As much as we think we do, we do not learn from our experiences. You know what we learn from? Reflecting on our experiences. We learn from reflecting on our experiences. Have you ever known someone or maybe you've been someone who makes the same silly mistake over and over and over again? You ever know anybody like that? You don't, don't say their name out loud. Just think to yourself, right? God bless them. It's because we don't learn from our experiences, friends. We only learn when we reflect on those experiences. And in our spiritual habits, what we think about is prayer and meditation and opening this book and reading the Word of God with a question on your heart that says, Lord, show me about myself. Lord, here's my sin. Forgive it. Lord, transform me. Lord, help me to grow up in Christ. Friends, that is how spiritual maturity happens. It does not happen automatically just because we get older. Okay, a couple things. The Bible teaches honor the aged. The Bible teaches aging and spiritual maturity are not the same thing. Finally, the Bible teaches that when we get old and we are weary, it is the Lord who gives us strength. It's the Lord who gives us strength. I love this passage from Isaiah 40. Some of you may be familiar to you. It says this. Have you not known? Have you not heard the Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Brothers and sisters, this is the promise of Almighty God for you, that even when you are old and weary and worn out, and even when your body wears out, have you all noticed how our bodies wear out over time? I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm in my mid-40s, friends, and I feel it. Just this morning, I woke up with this horrible pain in my neck, like I couldn't turn, and I was about to call Pastor Matt and be like, dude, you got to preach. I can't even move my neck. And all I did was sleep wrong, right? I mean, uh, when I was a kid, you know, you jumped out of trees and you wrecked your bike. You had like legitimate injuries and you were sort of proud of it. But now it's like, oh, I sneezed too hard. And then like I injured myself in, in here somewhere. <laughs> I mean, seriously, y'all pray for me, please. Gosh. Uh, what, what this Bible passage is saying, friends, strength is not a function of age. I know we think it is, and we, we see the children run around, we say, oh, wouldn't it be great to have that energy, right? But, but energy for the soul does not come from being young. Energy for the soul comes from the Lord. It is a gift of God. It is a question of how in tune are you with God's will and with God's mission for your life and with God's grace for you, and are you attending to the things of God day after day after day? That is where your strength comes from, friends. That's where your strength comes from. Let me tell you a story. We'll, we'll close with this. This is a story told by one of my favorite preachers, Tim Keller. Way back in the 1800s, there's a man named Charles Simeon, 
and uh, Mr. Simeon, Reverend Simeon, was a pastor. And uh, he was not just a regular pastor. He was a pastor with a tremendous impact in the world. Uh, he trained and raised up young people, and he sent them out as missionaries into the world. And he, uh, he had an education system where he taught them the Scripture and taught them theology. And he touched the lives of hundreds and hundreds of young people, and not without opposition, right? Some of the people in his community did not like him, and they would protest his preaching. And while he was in the pulpit, they would do things like throw bricks through the windows, right? So don't get, don't get any ideas. Um, no, I know you all treat us with so much respect, um, and it's awesome. But this guy, I mean, he just had all this opposition to his preaching, and still he persevered, and he touched the lives of all these people. Uh, so here's an example. Um, his brother died, and his brother had this tremendous estate, all this wealth, and he left it to Charles. But instead of spending it on himself, Charles established a trust for education, and today, in 2021, if you go and search, you will find the Charles Simeon Trust. It is still 250 years later educating young people because of his generosity. Okay, so that's the impact that this guy has. Um, you know, most people won't know our names 100 years later. And here we know his name 250 years later because he was sold out for the gospel. So he served, he worked for 54 years as the pastor at Holy Trinity Church in Cambridge. And he accomplished more than probably 99% of the people in the world. And so if anybody had earned a relaxing and a quiet retirement, it was Charles Simeon. But Charles did not put up his feet and wait to die. Instead, every morning he got up at 4 a.m., and he lit the fire in the fireplace, and then he went to his desk, and he opened his Bible, and he studied the Scripture, and he prayed, and he repented of his sin, and he asked God to show him some freshness of God's love for that day, and he prayed for his neighbors, and he continued to be in ministry with them day after day after day to bless them in the name of Jesus. And finally, one of his friends came up to him, and he was like, Charles, what is wrong with you, brother? I mean, you're retired. Don't you think that it's time to take things more easily? What? Charles said. What are you talking about? He said, shall I not now run with all my might now that I can see the finish line just ahead of me? Friends, here's what we know about the Christian life. And I'm not an old man yet, but I'm not a young man anymore, and I've learned this. The more you fall in love with God, the more you attend to the practices of the faith, the more you read your Bible, the more you pray, the more you worship the Lord and bless your neighbor, the more you just enjoy the glory of God, the more you want it. The more you want it. And you will be willing to let go of everything else for the one thing, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Almighty God, Lord, we celebrate that you are a God for all generations, that you are the God of our parents and grandparents, that you are the God of our children and grandchildren, and every generation that is to walk upon this earth. You are our God and Lord and Savior. And so we thank you, Lord, for this good and challenging word you've given us today, that we can go out into the world to live as your people to bless our neighbors, and especially the seniors, Lord. Give us a heart for the seniors who are in our midst, that we can bless them. And hopes also, Lord, that when we become seniors, that your people would bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.